We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to DFS Pregame Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, and the NFL regular season is over, so we're heading back to NBA time. Hopefully, hopefully today's slate uh, is, not a, is not a crap show like NBA DFS typically is. Uh, it doesn't seem like it, and, uh, and this will be the first time that I'm going to be playing NBA DFS in a little over two months. So we're getting back on the D, D, the NBA DFS kind of train, getting in the groove of things uh, until at least baseball season comes back. Uh, if if it comes back, if it comes back. So uh, so NBA be, being the the most like the projection heavy sport it is. Like I'm 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 not I'm I'm not I'm not a, I'm unashamed to say that I don't even watch basketball. Right? I don't even watch the basketball games. Right. I essentially play NBA DFS as a as a DFS game, and uh, our projections here at Roto Grinders are are one of the best in the industry. So I I use our projections. I use uh, ownership from around the industry. I, I kind of uh, massage some of that, and I just try to build good lineups for the contests that I'm in. So that's what we'll be doing on 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 a daily basis here. Obviously, at eleven o'clock in the morning, on days where there's eight million things news wise, and by seven o'clock. Everything changes. Uh, you don't necessarily have to go by, you know, what we're looking at right now, the projections right now. But uh, just to show you the, the overall process on a day-to-day basis, and we'll re- re- review some stuff in the results DB every day. And uh, and as always, answering your DFS strategy questions. If you're in the YouTube chat, give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the thumbs up button. It helps us out, apparently, right? Oh, thumbs up. Thumb. I don't even know. If the, I don't think there's a thumbs down anymore on YouTube. I don't think you could even do that anymore. But if you can, you could, if you want, it doesn't matter. Uh, hit the subscribe button, right, if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, but if you have any questions or anything, comments, put them in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Suki Singh, Card Fans, Sean George, Jesse Atfield. Good morning. Good morning, NBA time. I haven't paid attention to NBA in two months, other than obviously looking on Twitter and seeing 8 million people in, out, COVID protocols, everything like that. But it seems like tonight's slate... There isn't that isn't that much going on, right? So if if you're a, a Roto Grinders premium member, you have access to all all the tools and all the information that we have on Roto Grinders. So definitely click that link in the description, uh, sign up, get ten dollars off your first month. You also get access to my Blenders Game Theory channel, where we discuss uh, DFS strategy. I answer your questions, stuff like that, just like on this show, as well as uh, have a. a weekly or mostly weekly uh, group coaching calls on zoom. So definitely do that. But one, one of the things that I, that I, there are basically three things that I look at at Roto grinders when it comes to NBA DFS. Okay. There's basically only three things that I need. And the main thing is the projections, right? The projections team is going to be updating this throughout the day, right? 
the player projections, the ownership, stuff like that. Okay, that's that's the main thing. I, I don't need anything else other than this if I don't want to. But one of the things I like looking at is the injured, the situation room, the NBA injury report. So what we have on the site is that we have, you know, the situation room, which will show, you know, the status of like all the players that have a status out, doubtful, questionable, probable, stuff like that. And the impact rating on the slate. And then like a note and like if 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 they're out then then what potentially could happen. Right. I take a look at that. Uh, if we have it, I don't know if we have it today. If there's something that's so, somewhat impactful, we all also have what's called what if projections. But I don't think they're up for today. I don't know if there's anything that's worthy of that. Right. Coming soon here. So like if there was. Uh, an injury like right right here we already know that Paul George is out Kawhi Leonard is out right Will Barton's in health protocols Draymond Green is out I mean we all these guys are out but here's the first questionable impact rating seven Scotty Barnes and Cren- uh, Gary Trent Jr so basically the Raptors we're looking at now anything that's questionable or or above we leave in the uh, in the projections so you can see here if we go to Scotty Barnes he's in right if it's doubtful we take him out Right. Obviously out, we take them out also. But the questionable players stay in the projections. And then obviously all the players on their team uh, are based on the fact that Scotty Barnes and Greg, uh, Gary Trent Jr. are going to be in. What I'm going to assume uh, is that we'll also have what's called what if projections for if they're both out. So currently they're questionable and they're in the projections as if they're playing. But what if they don't play? Well, what, what would those projections look like? So we, ha- we have those. And I would assume when it comes out. For anything that, that's high impact, like some of the, like the lower stuff, like uh, some guy is quite right here, like Eve's Pons is questionable with an ankle. Does it, does it matter? Right? Like, I don't think so. It's not going to matter. It's not going to be, it, we're not going to create a projection set that's going to be that, that dramatically different if that guy is out. Okay. But maybe with Trent and, and Barnes, right? Because we have here, Scotty Barnes, if Barnes is out, Yuta Watanabe could draw a spot start with him off health protocols. And then Gary Trent Jr., if Trent Jr. is out, Raptors could go bigger with Ken Birch starting, right? They could, right? What time is this game? This game is 7.30. So we may get we may get that information early enough uh, that uh, before lock, you'll be able to, uh, to adjust for that. But as of right now, the Scotty Barnes and... Gary Trent Jr. are in the projections. But that's why I like looking at the the situation room. What's going on? What's going on? What are the injuries and everything that we're looking at for today's slate? Now, obviously, things could pop up out of nowhere. Four o'clock, oh, this guy's sitting, right? Out of the blue, right? So I take a look at this first. And then what I also do is I take a look at Andy Means's core plays article. Now, core plays, it's still called core plays because it used to be here are the here are the you know the t- the top plays of the slate and stuff like that. But I mean, we could see that by just sorting. All you have to do is start sort by this RGV column, which is salary adjusted plus minus, and it's, that'll essentially tell you who the best players are, right? Jokic, Ingram, Aiton, Hart, Booker. I mean, like if you're playing cash games, if you, I mean, if you're playing like if you want to play the highest projected players for their salary, those would be the players. So, like the the purpose of his article before that was kind of redundant. Right, kind of just explaining why they're explaining the projections to you if you wanted to. But what I like now is that he treats it more like the like, like a slate over you, like the lay of the land. So what he'll do is he'll go through about what we know, who is listed out or doubtful, and go through all the all the players that are out or doubtful, what we don't know, who is listed questionable. So here, here we got Barnes and Trent. Here we got Gary Payton, Otto Porter, Stephen Adams, Eves Ponds, Patrick Beverly. Okay. Who's on the second night of a back-to-back? And we have the Pistons on the second night of a back-to-back. I mean, give, give some analysis on that, right? Whether, you know, what to, what to expect, what the potentially, you know, that could change. And then he goes into core questions and answers. What does the slate look like from a big picture perspective? And then he goes through, like, what happens with Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent? You know, when do these games start and what late swap possibilities, right? You know, how, how he's addressing the slate strategically. And then looks at some players like tier one, Nikola Jokic, and then like, like every, like nothing, everywhere, everyone else. Right. 
Then he asked the four questions, just how good of a play is Nikola Jokic tonight? And he explains what, you know, what he believes and all the stats that, that go, go along with that. Obviously, it's backed up by the projections, right? So it goes through a bunch of stuff. Who else is in play at center tonight? It's like, okay, let's go through some uh, Zubach on FanDuel, right? Because it's also DraftKings versus FanDuel. The salaries are different, right? DeAndre Ayton looks here. Right. What are who are some other candidates in the core play zone early this morning? Right. One name that stuck out to me on FanDuel was Scotty Barnes. Probably probably not as much on DraftKings. And on DraftKings, maybe it's Josh Hart. Uh, maybe. But he goes through all of this and he'll, he'll update this. A lot of times he does update this once or twice throughout the day, depending on uh, what goes on. But he gives you a nice lay of the land. Typically, this comes out uh, in the morning. You know, some 10, 11, 12, something like that. Uh, so it just gives me, like, before even looking at, like, I look at the projections all I want, but it's like, okay, what am I expecting? You know, what, what, why are certain people projecting a certain way? Uh, you know, the, the, the overall strategy, it seems like center is very strong on today's slate, but you can see that in the projections a bit, right? So I like going position by position just to see, especially it's what? It's a six-game slate, so it's a little bit smaller. And I can see by sorting by the RGB column, salary adjusted plus minus, look how many centers show up towards the top. Center, 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 center. And then I take a look at like other positions. So I'm like, if I go to point guard, it's like, okay, I get like, like point guard isn't that great of a position, right? Doesn't look like there's that much value at point guard. You get Booker, Van Vliet, SGA, Chris Paul, Devontae Graham, Patrick Beverly, Lonzo Ball, like, there's not that much difference between like the difference between Devin Booker up here and Cameron Payne or John Morant is like two points. Right. So point guard may be a place where uh, I may get a little bit different. Right. Then I go to shooting guard. Okay. Shooting guard. Okay. You get Brandon Ingram now kind of shows up a little bit more. So he, right. He's a little bit higher than them. So like the difference between Ingram and Bradley Beal is like four points, which is still fine. Right. But a little bit more of a gap between like the top player and like the 10th player. Then I go to a, a small forward, similar type of thing, right? Ingram up here, Anthony Edwards or something down there, about four points, five points. It's like, okay. Then I go to like centers loaded, right? Got Jokic. The difference between Jokic and like Jonas Valanciunas is nine points. So it's like, this is the difference of nine points. You're probably going to be sticking closer. You're probably going to be playing a lot of Nikola Jokic, right? Based, based on these current projections. And maybe Aiden, right? You probably you maybe even be playing two centers in a lot of your lineups based on this. But then you go to power forward, and power forward is garbage, right? No one has a positive plus minus here. But I think a lot of people you know, end up with Batum, DeRozan, Lyles, like this. But the difference between Batum and, like, Kyle Anderson is only two points. Just like the two points it was in all the other positions, but these guys project a little bit worse, and they'll probably be a little bit more low owned. Like to play uh, uh, Jay Crowder, Jay Robinson Earl, Herbert Jones. Like the difference between playing these guys, Jay Michael Green, and like a Batum or a Lyles is not, is what, two points, two and a half points? But the ownership difference, like Batum may, because power forward is so weak at this point at least. People may just like, just like, I'm just going to play either Batum or Lyles, or I'm just going to pay up for DeRozan and just do that. So they may end up actually being overowned at the end of the day. Obviously, the, the ownership currently is the, the algorithmically uh, created ownership. So that, that's going to be manually tweaked a bit. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're just looking at stuff. It, it's the updated 9, 9.30 in the morning. So the team has not even come in to kind of make, make their manual adjustments yet, but uh, they will be. That's how I that's how I see it currently. So, like, if I were to make like the optimal lineup based on our current projections, so a cash lineup, the highest median, two sixty nine point six zero, which is quite low for DK, right? Overall, like when you see the median lineup at two eighty five, two ninety, that means it's a lot of value. Okay, so we got Payne, Coffee, Hart, Batum, Zubac, Beverly, Ingram, Jokic, right? So basically playing Ingram, Jokic, and just finding everything else from there. Okay, 269 at 198 ownership. Okay. So now that's the kind of lay of the land. That's what we're looking. This is, you know, this is how I approach life, looking at the, the what is going on. Now, 
Uh, I'm not going to be playing 150 lineups playing NBA anymore. The, this, the, the, all the stuff that all the news breaks, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the headache and the COVID protocols. So I'm most likely just playing 10 lineups. I'm playing the large field stuff, just playing 10 lineups. So if I need to switch and swap, I can do it manually, right? I don't have to try to you know, create uh, 150 lineups and shift stuff here and there and end up, and by the end of it, end up with lineups that I look at and go, how did that, how did that end up happening, Right. You'd see you're slate swapping so much that you, why was this lineup too contrarian? Why was this lineup too chalky? So I, I, especially since I haven't played in two months in NBA, I want to, I want to refine, make sure the process is, is as refined as possible. Maybe I'll play 20 lines, right? 10 to 20. I'll do something like that. I think I can manually manage 10 to 20 lines. So in 20 lineups, like, let's see, like if we run just the optimals, right? So we just have, you know, number of unique players, one, you know, 20 lineups, no randomness, no nothing, 49-5 in salary, just no ownership constraints. And we just, we just run 20 lineups. These would be cash lineups, right? These wouldn't be large field lineups. You're getting Jokic and Hart in like all 20 of them, right? You're getting Batum, Lyles. If you take a look at that power forward position, you can see here that Batum and Lyles shows up in a ton of them because – Power forward is so weak that if we take a look at center, we get a lot of a lot of double center lineups, right? We get uh, Jokic, Lyles, who is also center eligible, right? We get a lot of Clippers, right? We can see here here's a three Clipper lineup, Coffee Batum. I mean, with George and and Kawhi out, obviously, you know the Clippers will be somewhat valuable, right? We get a lot a lot of Clippers, a lot of Clippers in here, okay. So I'm going to take a look at like just based on projection versus ownership, like 198, 198, 194, 195, 196, 194, 194, 194, 195, 194, 189, 192, 192, 192. It's like 187. Like we should be his 202s, right? So like down here is like we're giving up like what? 767.94, right? Not even a point and a half in projection, right? So we're probably for larger field stuff, we, we, we can get much lower than this, right? So we see these lineups in like the 190s or something, okay? So let's see, what does it look like if the top RGV player on the slate is Jokic? So if we don't play Jokic in a lineup, okay? So I'm going to X him out. I'm just going to run the optimal without Jokic. 267.06. So not that not that dramatic. Not as dramatic as you would think, right? Because the top optimal with Jokic right here is 269.6. The top one without him is 267.06. And it's primarily because uh, center is such a strong position in it. So you're playing Aiden and, and Zubach together, right? So you're only really giving up two and a half points by not playing Jokic. So is Jokic a must play? No, even though we take a look here. At first thought, you would say, look, look at his, look at his salary adjusted plus minus. It's like five points higher than any others. So, oh, I'm going to give up five points by not playing them. It's like, no, well, look at, uh, look at all the centers that you can play because you can only play two centers in a lineup on DraftKings. So even if you don't play Jokic, you'll be able to play Aiton and Zubac. And that combined, plus obviously, you know, you're playing like Desmond Bain in the shooting guard small forward spot. You're still playing Ingram. You're keeping your projection still high enough because you could still play two decently projected centers. Now in the case, let's say that Jokic was like this and all these centers were not good. Like they they put, put them $1,000 more expensive. So their RGVs would be much lower. Then it would be much harder to make a lineup without Jokic. Then the difference between a Jokic lineup and a non-Jokic lineup wouldn't just be two and a half points. It may be five points. Okay, so I, that's the main thing I wanted to see. How many points am I giving up by not playing Jokic, even though he projects five points higher than like any other player for his salary-adjusted value? I see that I, I you can make lineups. You can make lineups and not give up that much projection, Okay. So now I'm now 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 the goal now is to find that ownership range that I want for my ten lines or twenty lines, okay? 
So we saw in the top 20, we got as low as like 187 in ownership. They're still very chalky lineups. Okay. So now I'm going to see, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the very top end of the range. I'm going to put the, the max total lineup ownership at 180 just to see, right? Just to see what, what, okay. So we have the top lineups. Let me make sure I get Jokic back. Okay. I've got Jokic back in my pool. The top, the cash lineup is 269.6. Okay. That's what we got at 198. So let's build, let's build 20 lineups with the max of 180. So this would be maybe in the single entry type, a smaller field type of range. So I'm going to build 20 lineups and let's see. Okay. So you got Payne, Booker. Okay, we get 267 at 178. Okay. Payne, Booker, this still has Jokic in it. Jokic still shows up in 100% of the lineups. Booker shows up in 90% of the lineups. Josh Hart, 85% of the lineups. Okay. We go through some of this. And we go, okay, let's see. But these, these may be lineups more for single entry, small field stuff. Giving up like a point. We're giving up what? Two points in projection? Let's see, 178, 179, 179, 177. Do we get a big drop anywhere? Let's see. Do we get any big drops? 173, 173. That's the lowest we go, 173. Still getting Jokic in these lineups, which we don't necessarily need. Right, because this lineup down here is what, four points off the optimal? We're still getting most of the, most of the players in double-digit owned. Still get Zubac, Jokic, Ingram, Batum, Booker, Payne. These lineups are still quite chalky for large field GPPs, even at 180 ownership some. Right? These are more, these are more like single entry type smaller field lineups, right? If you're playing under a thousand entries, maybe you sacrifice, you know, you know, three, four points and not that much ownership, and you're different enough. I'm trying to play the large field stuff, right? So I want to get a little bit lower. These these lineups still looking look look a little little too chalky, right? Play a chalk Batum, especially that power forward position. So many people are going to be playing Lyles and Batum just because they just happen to be a point or two projected better than any of the other crap at that position. So maybe it's the type of thing where I X out Batum and X out Lyles and then see what happens, right? You could do it that way. You could do it manually. I'm trying to do it a little bit more automated. So maybe 180 isn't even a good good barrier. Maybe let's go let's go down and let's let's take a look at the 160 range. Let's go down to 160. These are only one unique players. We'll, we'll get it. We'll care about diversification later. I'm just trying to get the right range of lineups that look like for large field GPPs for the 31,000 entry whatever $15 on DK. Right. So I'm building 20 lines. You could build 150 and then weed them out. We've we've done that before. I'm doing 20 just for for time purposes okay so here we go here we go 263 because remember our top optimal we can load it right here is 269.6 at 198 okay so if we're going to be giving up projection we want to give up ownership also so let's see if there's a gap anywhere 159 158 159 159 154 154 do we get anything better than 154 over here 154 down here. Obviously, the ownership could change, right? So we're just going by we're just basically going by the numbers that are currently here. This is something you'd be doing at like 630. Let's take a look at that one 154. Where's that 154.77? Okay. So here we go. Here's a Trey Mann at 2% owned. Booker, Jones, Robinson, Earl, Aiton, Graham, Hart, Jokic. So you're playing Aiton Jokic, you're still playing two good centers. And you're avoiding Trey Lyles. You're avoiding uh, Batum, like I said before. Right? I take a look at the ownerships here and go, okay, this, is, this, this, this could be a candidate. This could be a candidate. You're sacrificing about six points. I think maybe you get even more different than this. But, I mean, th- now we're getting more in the candidate range. Because at least we're, we're shoving in some low-owned play in here. Right? Trey Mann. Right? Even taking a look down here, like. Some of these lineups look a little like I could do a little bit better. Like I wouldn't mind like like Josh Hart and Zubac and some of these guys and Booker if Jokic wasn't in these lineups. Like in these 20 lineups, are we, we're still getting 100% Jokic and 100% Booker. 
right? Because that shooting guard position is all that strong either. So I don't mind this range that much. The 160 max range. I still think we could get a little bit better than this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run I'm gonna run 150 lineups out of out of out of this range to see if we could find to find if there's gonna be a discernible gap somewhere. Okay. Maybe I even run 300. Let's 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 run 300. So I could go in the YouTube chat and uh answer some questions. I'm just showing you the process of what what I would be doing. This is this is this is how I play DFS, trying to be directionally accurate and trusting the projections. The only difference is that obviously closer to lock, these numbers will change, right? Right. We still have the manual update of player projection updates and ownership updates. I will I will change ownership numbers. So I'll look around the industry and see, you know, what what players project a little bit differently elsewhere. You know, other other sites around the industry that people look at and go, oh, this guy's a good play. It's like, okay, maybe he's going to be a little bit more owned, right? Maybe Booker's not going to be 15%. He's going to be 20%. Well, we have him at 15, but I think psychologically, because we're dealing with human beings, he's going to be a little bit higher owned. So I change the numbers. I may look at Darius Basley and go, I don't think he's going to be 15% at the phone. I think he's going to be 10% though. And I lower the number. So once you start uh, uh, raising and lowering the ownership numbers, obviously these totals are going to change. So that's something I'll do an hour before lock, a half an hour before lock. But the process still remains the same. I'm looking at total lineups, the lineups, not the players. Who to play? I don't care as long as the lineups are good. This is still running with 300. MJC says, says uh, no way I'm entering 150 lineups with the way news breaks in NBA. You can use our lake swap tool. It, it works. It's just that. What the more and more you lake swap, the more and more it, it, it lets you really careful. You start getting away from lineups that you originally wanted to play, and you're jamming in guys that just that, that, okay, just give me as ton as much of this guy as possible. And then next thing you know, the guy that you that you were supposed to have is gone from your lineup. And by the end of it, you look and you go, well, how did I? How did any of these lineups get made? Okay, so going through. So still in the top. Once we hit the one hundred and sixty ownership range. Jokic is still in 97%. Booker's in 85%. Hart's in 72%. Uh, JTA is in 50%. Is a cheap center, right? We say, I, uh, Iggy, oh, I don't know. I haven't played NBA DFS in a while. Once I start seeing guys like Toscano Anderson and Ig- Iguodala in my lineup, I'm like, it, there ain't, ain't that much value on this slate. But from what, what it looks like over here, like I could go up and down based on 300 lineups at that ownership range. I could start to see like who's under owned and over owned for their projection. Like I take a look at the bottom and any like John Morant is only showing up in one out of 300. So I think 11% may be over owned. Serge Ibaka, Marcus Moore, Vooch at 12%. SGA at 21, maybe over owned. Eight may actually be overall, right? Well, just Jokic is just showing up in so many lines. So you kind of look through some of these and go, compared to our current ownership, who's over and under-owned? Like maybe Dinwiddie is under-owned. Maybe, Book, maybe Booker actually is under-owned at 15%, maybe, based on our current numbers. So now I'm going to see if I can find that gap. Do I get any dramatic gap? Because this top lineup right now is 263.86. Right, which is about six points under the optimal, which is fine for large field GPP. It's fine for small field GPP also. So I'm going to see if there's going to be any type of, in the first 300 lineups. Is there any noticeable gap where it goes from like 159 down to like 145? Like, is there is there a lineup that looks like that that I get a dramatic gap or the most dramatic gap? 158, 154. We'll save that lineup. I think it was very similar. Yeah, the lineup that we had before, 154. So now we're trying to beat 154 with a gap. Okay, going through. Just trying to find the gaps. 154. We find 160. Now now we're going up. Here's a 154.12. Let's save that one. Where are the gaps? 154. Can we beat 154.03? Okay. We get any 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 bigger gap, one fifty four point four four. Now uh, our standards are a little bit higher now. 
looking for something under 154 now. See if we get a big dramatic gap. Probably, we're probably not going to find that on this slide. I can tell from the projections on this slate. It's probably not going to be a big step. We're not going to, I'm not going to scroll down here and see like a 145 out of the blue. Here's a 151. Okay, so let's take a look at 151. So now we got to beat 151. You could I obviously could do this by eliminating lineups. I, me, I'm doing it. I'm trying to save time by just saving the lineups that are in the gaps. Okay, so 151. Let's see. Can we find anything that beats 151? Just save a couple of these. I'm not going to do the whole thing. Let's see. Keep on scrolling. 151. We find a 151 or less owned lineup. Now we have to find an even lower lineup because that 151 may not be good at this point. Let's keep on going. Can we find anything? One more lineup. Come on, one more lineup. It could be 151. Like all the lines we're looking at are actually higher owned than the lineup that we just pulled out. 151. Oh, here's a 151. Let's just take that. Get anything less than 151. Anything, anything. Come on. And obviously I could export this to, to Excel and do it and search. Oh, here's a 150. Okay, let's 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 just take care of those. Okay. They're going all the way down. Let's scroll all the way up. Zoomy zoom. Okay. And we got six lineups here. Okay. You got Jokic, Hart, and Booker in all these lineups. Right. So take a look. Man, Booker, Jones. We got a 2% owned guy here. Dinwiddie, Booker, Hart, Robinson, Earl, Toscano, Anderson, Bain, Crowder. Right. So these lineups are 263. We're giving up, even the bottom one, we're giving up about seven points here. Seven, eight points, eight points. We're giving, we're dropping about 50 percentage points in ownership. Here's Wiggins, right? I don't know how many people are playing Wiggins tonight, right? These lineups look a little bit better, a little bit. You probably get even more contrary for large field. This may, this may be like midfield, right? 5,000 entries maybe. These would probably be okay. I mean, even single. I mean, if you wanted to play in smaller field, that's fine. So I look at these lineups. There's still a lot of Jokic lineups, right? But let's say we didn't want to play Jokic in like all of our lineups or something like that. So I'm going to go back to 20, right? Like if we if we if we say that this range is okay, like 160 is fine. I still think we could go lower. I think for a large field, we could look. Let, let, let's take a look at a little bit lower. I want, I want to see a little bit lower. Let's cut it at 150. So that's, that's lower than any of the lineups that we just picked out. So let's see, let's see what 150 looks like. Let's pick out 20 lineups. Do, 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 do. And now we're getting to get Saban Lee. We're still getting Jokic at 100%. Lonzo Ball. So now 149 at 261. We're dropping eight eight points in ownership at eight points in projection. I don't mind that. Lee Booker. I'm taking a look at some of these. It's a, yeah, it's a lot of Saban Lee. Trey Mann. DeAnthony Melton at 0.5%. That, that may not be right. Right. This may be a little bit better, but a similar range. He's a Gary Trent lineup. He may not even be in. We're still getting a ton of Jokic regardless. Would you necessarily play a liar with a lineup with Booker, Crowder, and Aiton? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But this is what I'd be looking for. I'd be looking for these types of lineups. Right? Now we're starting to get a little bit like Austin Rivers in there. Still getting a ton of Jokic. Right? So even in 20 lineups, we're getting a very... You could tell that we're getting in that the right range. When you run 20 lineups... And you're getting a very wide array of players. Because the ownership and the projection are like, like, oh, you can play any of these guys, play whoever you want, right? You want to be in that range. You don't, you don't want to be in the range where, look, if I build lineups, right? If I go to uh, build rules, I take away this ownership parameter. And I just built 20 lineups, the 20 optimals, Right? You're not going to get a very wide array. Look, look at it. You're not going to get, it's not going to be that wide, right? 
You get a lot of a lot of very condensed pool of players, and then occasionally a guy slips in. Right. So the more that you see this long tail of like one 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 two two two, you know, that means that means you're probably in the right range, because then it becomes like these lineups don't make that much difference other than this guy and that guy, and so much ownership condenses on certain players that you you want that. Uh, let's see. Brian Wilson says, do you use running exposures? Does it matter? Uh, what running exposures does is uh, if you don't use it, like for instance, if you don't use running exposures, what it'll do is in the 20 lineups or whatever lineups, how many lineups you make? 100 lineups. If you make 100 lineups and you say you want 50% of X player, it's going to give you over the course of 100 lineups, it will give you 50% of that player. But it may be the first 50 lineups, right? So every lineup from one to 50 will be with Josh Hart. Let's say you want 50% of Josh Hart for whatever reason. And your lineups could be one to 50 of Josh Hart and 51 to 100 have no Josh Hart, right? So the top 50 lineups have them, the bottom 50 don't, right? That's still 50% of 100 lineups. If you use running exposure percentages, every time it makes a lineup, it will compare to the the min exposure settings. So if the first lineup gets made and it has Josh Hart, you have 100% of Josh Hart currently, but you only want 50% of them. So when the next lineup gets made, it's less likely that Josh Hart's going to appear in that lineup, right? And then when it goes to make the third lineup, it sees Josh Hart is in one lineup, not in another lineup. So he's already in 50% of lineups, right? And it may not put him in the next lineup. Then in the fourth lineup, it'll look and it'll go, Josh Hart is in 33% of lineups, but you want 50% of them. It'll put them in the fourth lineup. So you'll get more <clears throat> spaced out from lineup one to lineup 100 by using running exposure percentages, which uh, if you're playing in the same contest, like if you're like if you're just playing 150 lineups into the $15 contest, I don't think it matters that much, Right. But if you're just using, I'm playing 100 lineups, and they're all going in different contests, and you want to have a, a more diverse spread of lineups, then using running exposures would, 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 would give you more diversification. All these settings on the build rules page are diversification settings, not like strategy settings, right? Do you use ra- randomness? Do you use running exposures? Do you use a number of unique players per lineup? Well, three will give you more diverse lineups right? It'll skip over lineups that project for the X for that ownership. But if it doesn't have at least three separate players between lineups, it won't give you those. So these are all, all diversification settings. But as you see, as I'm going through, I'm like, I don't, that's diversification is a risk tolerance thing. I don't care about that until the end, right? Do I want to play in my 20 lineups tonight? Do I want to play 20 out of 20 Nikola Jokic? I could. If the lineups are good, the lineups are good. I could play 20 of 20 of any of anyone, right? As long as the individual lineups are good. If they meet the projection versus ownership requirement that I'm looking for, it doesn't matter what my diversification is. Just obviously, the more the more uh, condensed my exposure is, the more my lineups will go one way altogether at once. The more I'm spread out, the more diverse I am, which means my, my, my swings, my variance is going to be lower. But if you want to, I could play zero out of 20 Jokic lineups. I could find, I could find good Jokic lineups. I could find good non-Jokic lineups. Well, how much of Jokic should you play? As long as you're playing good lineups, it doesn't matter. Whatever your own personal risk tolerances. If you don't, if you're the type of person <coughs> that doesn't like going all in on a player, then you don't have to, right? Especially in the case where Jokic isn't like, you know, one of those jamming ins. We said, we saw, you know, uh, RGBs of 20. Right, a guy at thirty five hundred that should be like eight thousand, probably going to end up in all of your lineups. Probably, probably, that's probably a time to go all in. Right, you're just giving up too much projection by not by, by not taking that guy. But in a case like this, feel free to play zero and twenty Jokic. That's fine. There are there are good non Jokic lineups. If you want to play five and fifteen of the other, that's fine. What, whatever. Remember, we're, we're we're picking lineups, not players. I could build, I could spend, I could spend all my time right now and I could build probably for the large field GPP one to 2000 lineups that I would look at and go, okay, that's fine. That I would think are plus EV. 
and I'm only playing 20. So which 20 do I pick? I could close my eyes and randomly pick 20 if I want to, right? But at the end of the day, once you, once you, you build a thousand lineups that are like, I'm up, I think they're all fine. They're all equal to each other from an EV perspective. Well, which ones do you pick? Well, any way you want, pick whichever one you want. But don't purposely play lineups that are under projected and over owned when you have options that, that are, that are higher projected and lower. You want to get rid of those lineups because there are better lineups that you could play. <coughs> uh, do, 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 do. Dustin Hogue, do you ever sort by ceiling or just use median projections for single entry GPP? You can use whatever you want. You're playing by lineups. Lineups matter. Players do not matter. Okay? I do not care what the individual player uh, projections are. I do not care whatsoever. I care about the lineups. You go, oh, Trey Mann. How do you play Trey Mann? I don't, I don't know how I play Trey. I don't watch the games. That's what the numbers say. Just put the numbers together. That's it. Let everyone else have some bias on like, well, I'm going to trust the projections for everyone else except for that guy. Well, why? If either the model's good or the model's not good. That, that's it. <coughs> uh, the winning lineup on the FD Emperor was 12 points below the optimal. What's wrong with that? I don't even know. I don't know the con- I don't know the context of last night's slate. Dude, you can, can sacrifice 30 points as long as you get the requisite ownership. That's the key point that you're missing. I'm constantly tired of people asking me how many points do you pre- do you sacrifice off the optimal? There's no answer. There's literally no correct answer. There's none. If you're asking that question, you're asking a dumb question. You could get what's the top optimal? 269.6 in DraftKings. I'm going to show you a lineup that's probably plus EV. That's 60 points off the optimal. 60 points off the optimal plus EV. As long as, 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 long as it's like 30% total owned. If you get a lineup that is 200 points, is 30% total owned, and you're playing a contest that has 500,000 entries, that's probably a plus EV lineup. So how many points do you set? Well, depends on the contest that you're playing. And it depends how much ownership you're getting. So even in single entry, you could play, you could play a con you, you could play a lineup that is th- tonight on DraftKings, you can play a lineup that's 20 plus points off the optimal. In single entry small for 500 or less feet. You can't. Just make sure you're getting the make sure you're getting the requisite ownership with it. And also understand it's a high variance lineup. You're either going to come in first, or you're going to come in first, or come in dead last, right? You, if you play those types of lineups every day, you're going to come in last. You're going to come near last place, like six out of seven days of the week. And hopefully, the one day of the week that you don't come in last place, you come in first and not twenty first, right? They're just higher variance lineups. As long as you're getting the requisite ownership with it, so it's not a matter of what the number is. Are you getting an ownership discount with it? The requisite relative amount, right? 269.60 is the current optimal at 198. I would take, if you told me that there's a lineup that's only 110% owned and it's only five points off the optimal, I'm jamming it. If that's if that's a lineup that's, that's relative there, but I'm not going to play a lineup that is lower projected and higher owned than a 110 at that point, right? There was a lineup that was 265 at 150. Why would I be playing lineups that are 263 at 180? I wouldn't, right? There are better lineups available to me. So as long as, long as it goes down, I can play. If I could go, go here, let's, let's go by build rules. Let's see. I'll, let, let's find really low online. Let's, let's put the total ownership at 60 for crying out loud. I don't know how what's going to come up here. Let's build 20 lineups with a max total lineup ownership of 60 total. How many lineup spots we have? Let's do 80, 80. Make it so it's like 10, 10 percentage points per. Okay, let's see what lineups look like that. This is really, really low on lineups. Okay, 245. Okay, so you're giving up how many points of projection? 20, almost 25, 24. These are perfectly, you could play these lineups in large field GPPs. You can. They're high, very high variance lineups. 
are you getting the requisite ownership discount with this? Right? Could you play 20 of these lines? Sure. Just understand that you're going to come in last place a lot of times. <laughs> right? Right here, 71% total ownership at 243. Would these be lineups that you, you would typically play in smaller field GPPs? 500 or less? Probably not. It's, pro- it's probably, the variance is not worth the payout at this point for this low, probably. You can, but I, I, I doubt you'd be profitable long-term, unless it's really top-heavy. If it's a 500-man winner-take-all, yeah, then, then these lineups may, may be plus EV. Like, look, these are lineups that give up, what, 25 points in projection? And I'm telling you, still 95% of them have Jokic and 95% of Booker. These are, these are not bad lineups. Would I like to play a lot of these lineups? No. But you can, as long as you're getting the requisite ownership for the projection that you get. If you could find lineups that project for uh, 260 points at that ownership, like then you'd obviously play those lineups. But obviously, under 80 percentage ownership points, ownership uh, total, 245 is the top. So let's go up to, let's say, how about 100? Let's go up to 100 and build. What do we see here? 251, right? 251 at 99, right? And a lot of it, obviously, yeah, the numbers have to be accurate, right? Like I said, we're, we're going based on 9.30 a.m., not manually adjusted, algorithmically generated projections. So that's why I don't, don't even pay attention to the players at this point. Right. So as you go up in ownership, you should be going up in projection. And as long as long as you're on that scale, if you were to plot it out, you're perfectly fine. But the farther and farther you go out, the more and more variance you're at. So for for a large field GPP, you don't mind sliding farther down that line. For a smaller field, you're going to there's going to be a point of diminishing returns where the payout for the first place is not going to be worth it anymore. Where that line is, that's that's where you have to judge. That that's the judgment point. How many points can you? Well, I don't know. I may say yesterday on that slate, maybe maybe you could maybe there were plus EV lineups that dropped eighteen points off. Maybe there were. Maybe there weren't. I don't know. So this is my plan. So I'm, I think I'll play, I'll play 20 lineups tonight, maybe 10 to 20, 10 to 20, 20, maybe. Matthew P is asking about the contest that I'm playing. I'm, my, 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 my mindset is always geared towards, my strength is in the large field contests. So I'm more, more inclined to just, pl- I'll pl- I'd rather play 20 lineups in, in the $15 contest than play one lineup in the 250, like put back dunk or whatever it's called. I'm much better. I'm, I'm, I'm much better at that, and also the weaker the, the large field contests have the weakest players in it. In comparison, that's what that's. I want to play the weakest players, but this is how I'll be building. I mean, I'm showing you exactly what I do, right? As, as long as the projections get updated and everything, and you know, some news happens, and you know, within five or ten minutes, the projections team takes care of everything. I could just build lineups just like this. I don't even know who Trey Mann is. Is he the man? I don't know. What's his name? I don't know why certain players are at certain prices. Why is Marcus Morris at 6,700? What happened there? <laughs> right? I take a look at some of these players and go, why? what happened? Did someone die? Probably. But this is what we've been doing every day. Right, this type of process. Of course, everything that we just did right now uh, is going to change in, in three hours, and then an hour from there, and then when news happens, and then this is right. That's why I don't focus on necessarily on these. These are the lineups that I'm going to be playing. No, I don't. No, I have no clue. I'm just showing you a process that I'd be doing an hour before lock, a half an hour before lock, five minutes before you could do five minutes before lock if you want. Then obviously, as you know, after lock, 
swap if there's new news, right? You'd swap, oh, this guy's out. You got to switch this and whatever. And I'd rather, I'd rather do that manually, at least in the beginning. I mean, I do use the, the late swap tool, the lineup HQ. But the more and more you use it, the more I, I'm so focused on strategically, you know, ownership versus projection. And once you constrain lineup HQ too much, then it's hard for you to like, I got to jam all these guys in. And then it can't really, you know, fit everything in the way that you wanted. And next thing you know, like you originally had, uh, you know, 40% of Darius Baisley. And next thing you know, you have him in two lineups. Only. Well, how did that, you know how that happened? Cause it was jamming this guy in and then moving this guy around. Then all your lineups are out of whack. So I want a little bit more manual control on late swap. And that's why I'm only playing, you know, more, more of a handful of lineups that I can handle manually. But that's what I'm doing. And we'll, re- we'll be reviewing it tomorrow, right? In results DB. So if you have any questions, obviously you could join the Roto Grinders Discord, right? Blender's Game Theory channel. If you're listening on the podcast version of this, right? People don't show up live on YouTube, right? I love you guys that show up live on YouTube. Give me those thumbs up on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button, the notification bell. Right? We got Grinders Live later tonight, right? Got uh, crunch time for premium members. So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. You get everything that I just showed you today, right? You get the, you get the, the situation room. You get the core plays, right? The lay of the land. Get all the projections. All the, I mean, we have a projection team that works like around the clock, right? Six, seven guys. They're always arguing in the slack. Changing projections, you know, multiple times a day. News happens five minutes later. They're on top of it. And you get the tool, lineup HQ. You can build all the lineups that you want. And then you could also join me in my game theory channel in Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. And, uh, and then I also do those private uh, group coaching calls type of things. We have, we have another one on, on Sunday, right? They move around depending on, you know, some people can't make it at night. Some people can't make it during the day. Some people can only make it weekends. So it gets moved around a bunch. So Sunday at 2 p.m. is the next group coaching call in the Roto Grinders Discord. But uh, but until until tomorrow, we'll go over all the stuff that happened today in results TV tomorrow and then talk about another NBA slate and hopefully not a million things will happen and you don't want to pull your hair out of your head, but we'll do that tomorrow on another edition of the DFS pregame show here on rotogrinders.com. 